Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. We read where Joshua says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me... In my house, we will serve the Lord. The title for my lesson this morning. Who do you serve? That is the title for my lesson this morning. Have you ever put something or someone in front of God? Anything that we put in front of God becomes an idol in our lives. Uh, throughout scripture, we see time and time again, people, the children of Israel constantly putting things, putting idols and worshiping other gods, putting things in front of God. Um, start off with the illustration. I want you to picture you have three children. I'm using the, my kids as an example, but... You have Tate, you got Avery, and you have Caleb. Now, for the, growing up, you always wanted the best for your kids, the best shelter, the best clothing, the best food you could put on the table. Um, you had Avery. She was very good at sports, and growing up, you always, you know, you provided the best you could for them, but you always made an attempt to study the Bible with them, read them Bible stories, make sure that they were in Bible class. But as they grow up, things become busier and busier. Avery, she was very good at sports, uh, really good at softball, and you, you stuck with that with her. You give her the best equipment, the best uh, gloves, bats, and uh, eventually as she got better, you got her pitching machine set up in the yard, and you practiced with her, and she got really good. In fact, you even hired a trainer later on that helped her become even better, and when she was in high school, she had scouts watching her. And then you had Tate. Tate was really good with his money. Uh, He'd get Christmas money, birthday money, he'd save it up, and he just saved everything, wouldn't spend nothing. He would talk his brothers and sisters, mom and dad, buying him and everything. And uh, when he got to high school, he talked, uh, he talked you into buying him a mower so he could go around mowing lawns. And he went around, and he did very good for himself and uh, made a bunch of money. But it got to the point where he'd get stuck doing yards on Wednesday, couldn't make it to Bible class. Sometimes on Sundays between services, he would go mow lawns and couldn't make it Sunday evening. And then you had Caleb. Caleb, he just loved cars, loved fast things. Started as a little kid, he liked Hot, Hot Wheels cars. And then as he got older, he got into building model cars. And then when he was in high school, you bought him a Mustang, and he would always be out there working on it, changing out performance parts, making it faster, making it louder. And uh, you were just so proud of all of the uh, all the accomplishments your kids did. And uh, as they graduated high school, you always wanted them to have the best education. Uh, Avery, she won that uh, scholarship to Texas A&M to play softball, and she had a full ride, and she went, she did very well for herself. In fact, so good that she went to do pro ball after that, and uh, she had uh, her own husband, married, and had kids, but the one thing that saddened you most is that she left the church. Her husband was of some denomination, and they would go on Christmas, Easter, the usual, but they left the church. And then you had Tate, you know, he was very good financially. He, he aced through college. He went to be a CEO of a company, did real good in the stock markets, did trading. And uh, he became very wealthy, married off, had kids of his own. But he became an atheist. He left the church altogether, didn't believe in God. And then you had Caleb. 
And Caleb, he, you know, he loved those cars and stuff. He went to a trade school. And after trade school, opened his own mechanic shop, and he stayed faithful to the Lord. He would uh, come at least uh, Sunday morning, come meet mom and dad at church and be with you. But uh, a lot of the other days, he was too busy in his shop. But you always provided the very best for your children. You always did the best you could. And you're like, why, God? You're so proud of them, but why did they forsake you? Why did they leave you? That's how God feels when we put things in front of God, when we constantly put family or anything above God. You see, God, he gave us his, his very best. John three sixteen. he gave his only begotten son. Are we giving God our best? Are we giving him the leftovers? Before deciding to go to preaching school, I worked for Union Pacific Railroad, traveled all over the country. Many of y'all know I got to come here a lot. I had... I had some of the best pay you could get, some of the best benefits, uh, the best retirement plan. Uh, I was set physically, but spiritually I was dying. I was away from my family a lot. I wasn't raising my kids right in the nourishment of the Lord. Uh, I was constantly missing Sunday, missing upon worshiping upon the first day of the week. And uh, I knew it was killing me spiritually. I knew there was a choice that I needed to make if I ever wanted to go to heaven. If I ever wanted to raise my kids in the way to go to heaven. You see, brethren, we all have to make choices in our lives. But we need to put God first. It's one of the most important choices other than putting Christ on at baptism. is choosing to put God first to be of all things. In, in Scripture, I want you all to be in the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Joshua teaches us that there are some choices that we need to make as he teaches the children of Israel. And as you're turning there, in chapter 23, he says that he is waxed in age. He is very old. He is fixing to die, going to, fixing to go about the whole earth. But in chapter 24, we see that he has to give one more speech. You see, Joshua cared for these people. He led them into the promised land. But he sees, as we see in verse 23, there is sin in the camp. And he feels that he needs to give them one more final speech to help them overcome it. Because he loves them, he cares for them, just like God does. So in verse 1, we see that Joshua gives a final speech to the children of Israel. He gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, called for the elders, their heads, their judges, their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Now, by Exodus 18.25, we know Moses, he chose able men uh, to be in charge of hundreds, to be in charge of thousands. So when they're gathering here, this is a very large gathering. This is a lot of people, and we see that they presented themselves before God. Well, how do we present ourselves before God? We're doing that here this morning, brethren. But I like to think of Romans 12.1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable, God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But one thing we do in presenting ourselves to God is we do acts of worship like we're doing here upon the first day of the week. We come together and we give. We pray. We sing hymns together. We hear the word preached to us. And we partake of the Lord's Supper. Now, one thing that requires of all of those to be acceptable worship is to God is participation. Meaning we cannot just come here when they're leading the song and we're just sitting there in the pew. Or when someone's leading the prayer and our, our mind's out there on the golf course. We need to be in participation. We're seeing that the children are going to participate in verse 25. And then verses 2 through 13, we see that Joshua, he reminds the children of Israel what God did for them. So if y'all look in verses 2 through 13, Joshua said unto all the people, 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old times, Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Idolatry, we see them in idolatry, and we go on. I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood. I led him throughout all the land of Canaan, multiplied his seed, even at old age he gave him Isaac. To Isaac he gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau, uh, he went to Mount Seir to possess it. Jacob and his children went down to Egypt, again where Abraham came from, worshiping uh, idols, his fathers. I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterwards, I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt. You came into the sea. The Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. They cried unto the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the seas upon them, and covered them. Your eyes have seen what I done in Egypt, and you dwelt in the wilderness a long season. I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you. I gave them into your hand. I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, he arose. He warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Boer, to curse you. But I would not hearken to Balaam, therefore he blessed you still. I have delivered you out of his hand. You went over the Jordan and you came unto Jericho. The men of Jericho, they fought against you. The Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hevites, the Jebusites. I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, even the kings of the Amorites, not with your sword nor with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, vineyards and olives in which you planted not, and here you eat. Here we see that they were... They were sitting here reaping all the benefits of everything that their fathers went to. Joshua takes them back. They are in the promised land, but he takes them back to Abraham where he gave the promise to give them this land and how he brought Abraham out of idols and throughout the whole thing. They are what? Going back to idols, constantly going back to putting things before God. Brethren, what has God done for us? You think about everything, the, the fact that we were able to wake up this morning to come to worship, the wonderful children we have, everything is thanks to God. As we go into verses 14 and 15, we see that Joshua tells them that they need to make a choice. He says, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, put away the gods your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, ultimately, brethren, we have that same choice today. Do we serve baseball? Do we serve wealth? Is it possessions? Is it family? Are we putting anything before God? Or is it, are we saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everything we say, everything we need or do needs to bring glory and honor to God. We read in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, everything you eat, everything you drink, whatever you do, do to bring glory and honor to God. You think of some of the decisions that have brought us into forms of slavery in our life. And it could be like saying, oh, you know, I like golfing. I'm going to go golfing maybe once this week, maybe twice. And the next thing you know, you're spending every awaking moment away from your family out there on the golf course. Maybe it's going hunting, saying, oh, I'll just go once this week. And the next thing you know, we're spending all our time hunting. Or as many of you know that know me, I like to fish. It could be going fishing, saying, oh, I, you know, it's, uh, it's about wintertime. The, the, the reds are running down at the coast or the flounder. I'm going to go down there and go fishing. And then I spend all my time away from my family down there fishing. 
We can become enslaved into, in things where we're putting them over God, and we need to be very careful. James 1, 14 and 15 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You, say, you think of some of the activities that have destroyed the youth, our younger generation, like TV, for example. Uh, these kids that get in these TV shows, and even adults, and you get in these series and you're glued to the couch just watching TV all day, can't get a, up until it's over. We can get spending too much time. You think about video games. My generation and younger, it's, it's terrible. We get to spending all our time playing video games, and it, it's at the fact where parents, you know, you, you, you say, oh, it's okay, you know, they can play one or two hours today after school, it ain't gonna hurt nothing, and then you wake up in the morning, and they're still playing from last night, or you look at phones, you know, we're, we're so entrapped in always being on a phone, you go at a restaurant, you look around, and everybody's on their phone everywhere, we need to choose our time wisely, we need to teach our children to choose our time wisely before it's too late, before we get entrapped, and we're putting things before God, you may, but why do people do some of these things I, I said? May, you may say greed, maybe pride of life. But the truth is, is people are always looking for what? Happiness. People want to do things that make them feel good, that make them happy. But the truth is, true happiness can only be found in God. It's not wealth. People that chase wealth, you know, they'll say, oh, when I get that one million or that two million, I'll be good. I'll be set for life. And then they want more and they want more. Maybe it's possessions. They'll say, oh, when I get that three-bedroom house I always wanted up there on the hill, I'll be good. And then they want a four-bedroom house with more acreage. Maybe it's that car, that truck you always wanted. You said, oh, I'll be good once I get that one. And then they want something faster. They want something bigger. Always wanting more. We can only be filled with God and his word. Sometimes we really need to listen to our conscience. I call this arguing with yourself. Have you ever argued with yourself? Being like, uh, I'll use an illustration, for example, you know, uh, I like to go fishing. My friends always want to invite me going fishing. Well, Saturday night, let's go to Lake Amstead. The white bass are running. Oh, you know what? That sounds good. You know, I could do that. Wait, I'm going to miss Sunday morning worship. Oh, I can make it Sunday night. I try to make a bad decision seem good. I try to justify it. Sometimes we really need to listen to our conscience. Romans 14, 23 says, And he that doubted is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. 1 John 3, 20 says, For if our hearth condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Remember, brethren, the ultimate goal in life, it is to go to heaven, to take as many people as we can with us. Every decision in our life needs to be based on, is that going to help me go to heaven? Is that going to help so-and-so go to heaven? We need to be really careful with our decisions. When Joshua said, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, ultimately that's the most important choice that we can make other than putting Christ on in baptism. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, if any man will come after me, let him uh, deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Following Jesus, we must deny ourselves. We must put God first in all things. But something else we must do is we must follow him every day. Pick up our cross every day. It's not something we just do here on Sundays or when we do on Wednesdays. But let's go back to Joshua. In Joshua verses 23 through 25, Joshua is going to get a commitment from the people. He says, now therefore put away the strange gods which are among you. Incline your hearts unto the Lord God of Israel and the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve. His voice will we obey. And Joshua, he made a covenant with the people that day. Set them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. 
And Joshua tells them, we see there, put away the strange gods that are among you. When studying this, when reading this, it's like, how could they look at everything in verses 2 through 13 that God did for them? We see throughout Scripture everything he did for them. And how could they go back to worshiping idols, worshiping these other gods? But you look at our world today, brethren. I know just here in Rosenberg or the Houston area, look at all the different churches, people worshiping different things, uh, teaching different things, but worshiping other idols. Look at, look at uh, America in general. you got people that... they. They spend all their time working the extra overtime, uh, putting family, putting our children in all these different activities, and it's taken them away from the Lord. We need to put God first. We see in uh, Joshua there in verse 26 through 28, Joshua's going to put a reminder for them. And he says, Joshua wrote these words in the book of law of God, took a great stone, set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words which he had spoken to us. It shall therefore be a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. And then Joshua let the people depart, everyone to his own inheritance. Brethren, do we have reminders today? You see, as people, as humans, we tend to forget. That's one reason it's so important that we must be here upon the first day of the week, upon the first day of every week, because we tend to forget. You look at COVID, it hurt the church all over the world. You had churches that shut down, people quit coming for weeks. I don't know about you, but I need to be here. It hurts me when I'm, when, whenever I miss. We need each other. But like as it says, on, when you know, we partake of the Lord's Supper. Do in remembrance of me. We constantly need to be reminded of everything that Christ did for us. How he shed his blood for us so that one day we may have eternal life in heaven with thee. We need to be reminded. And then y'all skip down you go to verse 31. We will see the results of having godly leadership. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. 31, you see, Joshua, he dies, and they serve all the days of Joshua, but not only his life, but all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. We see the importance, for one, of having godly leadership, having elders, and thank the Lord that we have such good leadership here at at Graber Road. Y'all have some wonderful elders. But we also see the influence we can have as Christians of being a good, godly person. We see constantly throughout Joshua's life, he was always reminding the people of everything God did for them. He was always reminding the elders of everything God did for them. We constantly need to be reminded. We constantly need to reach out to those. You look at, if y'all have anybody missing from COVID or whatever, we need to reach out to them. Tell them everything God did for them. Tell them why Christ died for them. They need to be reminded constantly. We need more people like Joshua. Let's look just a few generations after Joshua's life. If y'all would, please turn with me in your Bibles to Judges chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Judges chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And then Judges 2, 10 through 12. And also all the generations were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Balaam. And they forsook, forsook the Lord their God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt. 
and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were around them. Look at everything going on today. People are following other religions and stuff. They're doing the exact same thing. People are running astray. And we see, and they bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. The Lord is angry when we are following other people, when we are constantly putting other things before God. We see the importance of, one, being a good Christian example is to others. And having good godly leadership is to a congregation. But the problem that they were having at this time, and it's the same problem we're having in today's world, is failure to train their youth up. As I was going around gathering support to go to preaching school, I went to congregations all over that have zero youth. Sometimes I would be the youngest one in the congregation, and it is very sad, but we must raise our children up in the Lord. We must study our Bibles with them at home. That is most important. We can't expect our children to grow in God here at worship. If we do that, we fail, because I promise you everything that they are doing in school sports, activities, athletics, you name it, they're learning everything but God. It's our job as parents to train them up in nourishment of the Lord. You know, we sang that song, uh, our first song we sang about Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be applied unto you. Yes, we work our jobs because we need to provide for our family, but we need to remember the ultimate goal. We are here to serve the Lord to, to go to heaven, to take as many people with us. So a question for you today is, have you been putting God first? We see that there's choices that we need to make in our lives. Have you been giving God your very best? Or have you been giving God your leftovers? If you've been, give, been giving God seconds or your leftovers, please come forward. We all want to hear when, when judgment comes, well, well done, thou faithful servant. Please, brethren. We need to make a choice. We all should be able to say, when we, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.